Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. This week, we're going to continue our episodes exploring and breaking down Cam's rebel acronym. Cam, where are we digging in today? Shelly, we're digging into the first E, expand the mind. So if we're coming back to rebel, and I'll just remind listeners of the five areas. So the first is remember to remind the brain. That's the working memory element. That's that keeping those things that are important to us, our best practices, our values in front of us to keep them front and center so we have them accessible. Because if we don't have them in front of us, they tend to slip away. We've talked about that kind of the card catalog on Mount Rainier. We'll make our beautiful card catalog and then we misplace it. So that's remember to remind the brain. The first E is expand the mind. And we'll be talking about that today. B is balanced attack. And it's sort of like we can be really good with our right hand or our dominant hand, but not great with our off hand. So this is about being ambidextrous. Balanced attack is not just about being good at stuff you're not good at. It's resourcing that stuff, having others do that stuff that is difficult for us. The second E is exposure to kind of get out there. We can get so stuck in our big thinking and creating in our brain that we don't get out and actually practice. So it's exposing ourselves to new practices and trying things. It's also exposure to time. Something I ask my clients, you know, they're coming with, I need to manage time. I'm like, what's your experience with time? And it's, it's kind of hard for them to really share that because they're in their head and they're not really thinking about well, what are those distracting and avoiding behaviors, part of that DAM model, D-A-M. And finally, limit scope, which we did first. Limiting scope gives us a frame to work with and direction. We talked about the melon patch. We talked about the stairwells. We also talked about roles and responsibilities. And what are those swim lanes where we practice to create that competence and confidence that we started with a couple of weeks ago? So I'm going to say that expand the mind. As I was thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, I'm going to say, Shelly, this is my greatest achievement of all time. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. This is it for me. This fundamental shift that I had around this idea of expand the mind. So what does that mean? And we talk about kind of galaxy brain and big brain and fast brain. An interesting thing happens with ADHD is that we can get into this kind of like paradox of kind of trying to do really big, do big chunks, like take that melon and run it to the top of the 10-story building back in limit scope episode. We overestimate how long, excuse me, now just keep this in because I need to work on this, Shelly. We underestimate how long something's going to take. When we pick up a task, we often pick up more than we can handle. And so we kind of tend to do big, but in that doing big, we often think small in the sense of we get down in the weeds around what our definition of success is. We get attached to outcomes and we're just not very creative in our thinking around where we're trying to go with this watermelon. 
it's this thing that doesn't work for us. Here we are, big brain or fast brain or creative. And in this place, we can really be limited in the way that we think. So this is like perspective. This is mindset. This is Carol Dweck's work around growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And I had a fixed mindset, a very fixed mindset attached to two things in particular that I would say. It's kind of this magical thinking, if only. And it was sort of like when I got my ADHD diagnosis, I would have this sort of like, if only, you know, I didn't have ADHD. We talked about this around the grief process and accepting our ADHD. And many of our clients come to us and sort of like, yeah, I just kind of wish I didn't have this thing. I didn't have to deal with it. You hear this listeners with this, if only, if only it was this way. And above the lunch counter, this is something that Barclay talks about with cognitive flexibility. When it comes to planning, when it comes to considering and weighing, we can really struggle with that. So what we'll do is we'll kind of paint a picture. It's either given to us or we created ourselves. Okay, this is my definition of success. And we paint it and then we pour it in concrete thinking that we can't change that. We kind of make that target and I've got to hit this target. So that is getting attached to an outcome. And I did that crazy. I'd get attached to outcomes like this is the only measurement of success. This is the only picture of success. Well, guess what? Whenever my sled went off the path, what happened? I would stop because, oh, well, I'm not going to this destination that I've created. That's small thinking. So expand the mind is to expand in the sense of what's possible. And when we expand the mind, we start to come out of that limbic cave to other areas of the brain to think about what is possible. This Thursday, I'm giving a talk to a Chad group. And I'm telling them, like, listen, I know it's tough. It's parents, right? It's mostly parents. And I'm like, it's really tough where you are with your kids and seeing them and their struggles with their ADHD. I'm telling you, though, there's certain things that I see in my clients that they do where they can be successful. And I'm going to share those five or six things with this group. And one of them is the ability to see this picture of success bigger than themselves, full of possibility and kind of open to it. And so that's what this is. Expand the mind is opening to the possibility. And this is a coaching term. You and I both know this from our coach training is detaching from outcome. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how I learn to detach from outcome, number one, and then how we teach our clients to detach from outcome. So set that goal or set that picture of success but don't get attached, creating meaning. It will only be successful, or I'm going to be this type of person if I'm successful, and I'm going to be that kind of person if I'm not. There's that black and white thinking, really speaking in absolutes. And what are we doing? We're shooting ourselves in our foot because our creativity, we're just setting it on the side of the road. This opportunity to be more agile and flexible in the moment. So we have to actively work here because the default is to kind of have an inflexibility cognitively. I'm sorry, folks, but that's what they're saying out there. This piece about cognitive flexibility. You think, wait a sec, Cam, I'm spontaneous. I love, you know, new things and exciting things. Yes, 
But you also notice how you can kind of get locked into a certain way or a certain mode. We've been talking about this since the inception of this podcast. Big brainers can kind of get locked into thinking like me. Fast brainers get locked into activity, activity, activity. It's where the biggest signal is. So that's what we're going to look at today. This is expand the mind, our own stories, and then listeners, what you can do about it. Cam, one of the coolest things about doing this show with you is discovering how in so many ways we have found similar concepts or had similar important shifts in our thinking, but we've come to them differently and we've used different language around them. It just always blows my mind when we stumble on one of these. And this is one of these. I talked about this really early on in this show, and I couldn't tell you what episode of my life depended on it, but I talked about a book called Why Greatness Cannot Be Planned, The Myth of the Objective. And for those who have not listened since the beginning or who don't have the best working memory like me and may not be able to recall what I said about that book, let me tell you why I brought it up. This book was written by two computer scientists studying artificial intelligence. And what they started to find over and over again is that they got better outcomes from their AI when they weren't trying to force an objective. So if they were trying to teach a robot to walk down a hallway and go through a door, they got a better outcome. That robot was more likely to take that action more quickly if they just put the robot in the hallway and let it learn, rather than trying to force it to learn to the specific outcome of getting out the door. So then... They took this sort of hypothesis that they had and started looking back at major accomplishments in history. And the big one that I always remember is the invention of the computer. The invention of the computer required vacuum tubes. If vacuum tubes did not exist, the computer would not have been invented as it was invented at the time it was invented. However, when vacuum tubes themselves were invented, they were invented for an entirely different purpose. So had the original people who found and discovered the technology of vacuum tubes been trying to invent a computer, might have never gotten the vacuum tube. It's such a cool book. It's actually a really short read. It doesn't sound ADHD friendly at all being two computer scientists talking about artificial intelligence, but it's a short read. It's a really strong argument. And that is where I had my expand the mind moment was after reading this book. And it's what I introduced to my clients. And The metaphor in the book, I think, can be really helpful here because it describes standing on a foggy pond with stepping stones in every direction, but it's so foggy and so dense that you can't see where the steps are. You can't see anything but the stone that you're on. So with my clients, I talk about instead of trying to get to shore, you know, again, not that you can't have that outcome or the outcome you think we're working toward. But instead of worrying about getting to shore, let's worry about revealing that next stepping stone and then seeing from there where that stepping stone will take you and revealing the next one, getting the learning. So fixed thinking versus growth thinking, journey thinking versus destination thinking. These are one and the same in the ways that really matter. I just think it's so cool that you and I have both been talking extensively about these concepts with our clients using different language, having come to these conclusions from different places but both recognizing the importance of that particular shift and what it does for our ability as coaches to really empower good work within our clients. That's a great example. I love that. And it's wonderful to bring in resources outside of the ADHD bubble. I enjoy it too. 
to do that. You know, I think that there's a couple of things that I'd like to say with respect to that. So it might be listeners out there's like, you know, are you telling me that it's uh, it's not good to be like goal oriented or goal focused? Not at all. Yes, having goals. But let me tell you a little bit about my experience. I would have this sort of things had to be a certain way or I would create a certain certainty. Like I had to work with this person. Back to the when I went to Asheville and I was seeking a mentor and identified someone that was like, I need to work with this person. And there were no other options. In my mind, it was a certainty that I had to, again, I was craving some structure because I had none, spinning my wheels. But this idea of I've got to work with this guy. And so here I am fixated on that, trying to force that issue back to what you were saying. I'm just going to make this distinction between hard pressure and soft pressure. We are not strangers to hard pressure. We use urgency to get things done. We use urgency to activate our arc system, the adrenaline response cycle. And so this forcing the issue, we think it's like, okay, I'm going to create this and I'm going to aim the boat toward this target and I'm not going to stop until I get there. That creates pressure. And so in the short term, it may help. But in the long term, over bigger things, we talk about Project X. Project X is not going to respond to this kind of hard pressure. It might for a day, but it's not going to last for weeks, months, years. And so when I sort of noticed, again, this sort of attachment, I could only see myself being successful working with this guy. It really penned me in. And I'm a big brain guy. I've got to be thinking big. So here I am thinking small thinking super small, and then thinking with this sort of scarcity, a scarcity perspective versus abundance perspective. And so expand the mind is to be about abundance and receiving and open and open to what is possible. And slowly, I kind of started to do that because that hard pressure had me going to my arc system, had me going to a scarcity perspective, looking over my shoulder Before that, it was when I was teaching. I'm again like, they're going to rat me out. They're going to find me out because I was attached to this outcome of I'm no good. Imposter syndrome. Cam, I want to interject here because I imagine that we probably have some listeners that are skeptical of this scarcity versus abundance mindset and the idea that if you think it, you can manifest it. And I see your skepticism. I feel your skepticism. I was a skeptic for a long time, but I think the reality is a little less woo-woo once you actually have that perspective shift. And I have a recent client example to share that sort of demonstrates that. I have a client who is a fairly new coach, but in her niche, she came from a related career. So she's already got a network and a source of referrals and people really trust her for what she does. And a couple of weeks ago, we were working on the fact that when she would get a referral, she said, I want to be excited, but my current response is like, oh, can I do this? Can I work with this person? Am I good enough? You know, it's not a good response to have. Now, imagine approaching every referral you get with that perspective versus an excited perspective. Those are going to be very different outcomes. Because she was going into it believing she wasn't good enough. She was going into that first interaction with the client 
essentially thinking that the client shouldn't hire her. So when we worked on this together, it was actually right before she had a phone call with a referral. And we were able to get to a perspective shift. We were able to get her excited. And the outcome from that referral call versus any other that she's had before was completely different. So I wanted to share that because I think when you talk about scarcity versus abundance, sometimes that can feel really vague, but there's a very real world example. And Cam, where this all ties back into where we were earlier in the episode is that my client was able to detach from the outcome of the call because the work we actually did was around her knowing her role, her knowing how she wants to work with her clients as coach, her knowing what makes a good client and what doesn't for her. And therefore, her walking into the call looking for, are we a good fit prospective client? Not, do you think I am good enough at this? Maybe I'm not good enough at this. Maybe you shouldn't want to hire me at all, prospective client. She was able to just let go of what happened and take that call for what it was, a prospective client, somebody she may or may not work with, somebody that she got to decide as much as that client got to decide whether or not they work together. And it completely changed her experience there. Yeah. And you know what I'm noticing is it allowed her to be more present in the moment. This is what we do with our big brain or fast brain. The present is that two-dimensional bead curtain that's so difficult for us to find that I'm so wrapped up in this sort of thinking about it has to be a certain way. I'm missing my opportunity in this moment, this moment right now, and this one right now. And so there's a couple of interesting things that exacerbate this. One is if you notice you're kind of assigning meaning all the time, like trying to assign meaning of, well, that failure, that means this. You go bigger with that meaning, or this success means that. We kind of have this roller coaster experience with this. That assigning meaning, that's a dopamine hit. Pa-pow! I just got a dopamine hit because I got my limbic backing up my experience. We're trying to kind of project or imagine what this means. We talk about catastrophic, catastrophizing, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Work in memory, pull it in. So that assign the meaning is like, okay, what can we do here? First of all, look at it and see when it's showing up. There's a reason why I did this, Shelly. There's a reason why I was attached to outcome and I thought small. Ready for this? I'm ready, Cam. It protected me from using a fragile executive function around activation. I didn't have the activator. And so it gave me an excuse not to go there because going there was hard. It was painful. And it's like trying to find a light switch in a dark room. I couldn't find it. So this was like a convenient side story to rationalize not going into that dark room. That's for me. I'm a big brain. I have a hard time finding the starter, getting going. And so that was my understanding. The other thing is this. So we're, by the way, we're above the lunch counter people. Where is that activation switch? The other thing is the serenity prayer part four, the wisdom to know what I can and cannot control. So above the lunch counter is this thing that smushes meaning and thought and feelings all together. It's hard for us to pull these things apart. 
to sort of determine what is it I can control. You know, I was thinking I could do kind of like almost like this mind control stuff, which was ridiculous. And so I'm thinking about what others might be thinking. What's the payoff there? Just driving me crazy, but getting to a sense of, okay, this is what I can control, what I do in this present moment, and getting attached and thinking in a scarce way has me go into regret of past experiences and fear of future experiences. And I kind of started to just expand out my two-dimensional bead curtain of the present to more of a foyer, more of a mudroom, more of a sunroom. What is possible here? And starting to craft a picture of, okay, a softer pressure, a softer focus. I want to present. I want to change the way people are talking about neurodiversity. Just a big, bold, but not attached to something. And that's when things started to change. And so it's like, again, you see how with Rebel, expand the mind is this sort of big thing. Limit scope is a narrowing thing, but they can live together. I do small incremental work and really think about my completions. Six C's, celebrate that completion, commit to an action, but also it's this expansive element. So listeners, starting to just note where you are attached, where you're creating meaning. Are you a Sherlock Holmes and you have a Moriarty or you have this sort of nemesis and the Moriarty may be a person. It may be just a thing. I see on Twitter, this whole thing between neurodiversity and neurotypicals and like the enemy is the neurotypical. Um, I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. Yes, it's hard. But are we going to go off and create a neurodiversity utopia somewhere? I don't think so. They're here. And we got to find a way to work with them and around them. Come back to what you can do. This is about agency. And the power lies within you. So it's expand the mind, but it's also coming back to your own resourcefulness and your own power. And to tie an example in from when we talked about limit scope, because I think it's important here, we can use this show to show you all what we mean in terms of expand the mind and limit scope going together. When Cam and I started this show over a year ago, we had big ideas and big plans for how this show might be able to further both of our big agendas of changing the conversation on neurodiversity elevating the ADHD coaching industry, exposing more people who have ADHD to this way of creating change. So big thought, small action. Because for the first year, we made a commitment to do the show every week. And we also made a commitment to not do anything else. Just the show, just the weekly show every week consistently for a year. And then let's step back and see what the next stepping stone is for us. And that is where the group coaching that we are offering just came in. Yeah. So big thoughts. We still have big thoughts. If we're, if we're still around in 10 years, you're going to get to see those big thoughts continue to play out a little at a time. But that's the critical thing is they're playing out a little at a time. Yeah. So this week, as you're listening, just I want to leave you with an image. Sort of when you have ADHD, It's sort of like you're wearing knee socks and walking through one of those fields where those little burrs are. You walk through 
and you look down and your knee socks are just kind of full of these burrs. And if you turn your attention to this and bring your keen observer, you're going to kind of notice like these little attachments, like, wow, you know, ah, oh my God, I got all these getting connected and attaching. You're like, ah, get off. Ah, no, easy does it. Relax, breathe, and just notice. Just notice how your brain can be a sponge for attachment. It's like a Velcro thing. We just hook in, we hook in, we hook in. Oh, it's just a natural thing that happens. This must mean this, and that must mean that. And we go to these conclusions that may or may not be true, conclusions where we may or may not have control. They're out of our realm of control. So this is boundary management work too. In expanding my mind, I let that mind go beyond my limits in the sense of what's possible, what's not. But it's a big enough picture that I can allow it to change with time and evolve. It's constantly being updated, but the bigger picture is a positive picture. It is a picture where there's other people involved. It's big, big things, big thinking. And it just naturally draws me toward it. Well said, Cam. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap for today. If you are interested in being a part of our coaching group, it is not too late. Now, by the time this episode launches, the group may be full, but go ahead and fill out the form if it is still up on the website, because even if we can't work you into this group, you will be first on the list for our next set of groups. And we are planning on doing more of these. So don't feel like you missed the boat, even if this group fills before we get to you. If you fill out the form, if you're a good fit for the group, you'll be the first people to know when we have new groups in formation. You know what we ought to ask too is that like throw in your time zone, you know, like just toss it in there. Let us know where you are. So we have a sense of, again, when we offer the next one. I think the next one's going to be for mostly the European audience. Yes, we did have quite a few people in our Discord server and a few that emailed in who this particular course would be in the middle of the night for them and was not workable. But we are paying attention to that. So let us know what time zone you're in. I would say that I would add a field for that. But right now, I don't know that I have the bandwidth to do that. So just throw it in any of the existing fields. And we will take that into consideration as we start to form more groups down the road. Otherwise, if you like what we're doing here on the show and you want to support us, there are a couple of other ways you can do that. The first is to leave a review wherever you listen. It's been a while since the last yeah, new one. Long so, time, long time. So if somebody's feeling a little ambitious, we'd sure appreciate that. Reviews help other people find the show. The other way you can support us is by becoming a patron for five bucks a month. You can not only financially support the show, but you gain access to our Discord server where you can talk with Cam and I about episodes, about your own lunch counter work. And do accountability work with our other members who are working together every day, which is so cool. We also offer a monthly Q&A for subscribers only on the second Thursday of every month. The time changes every month. So just pay attention to the Discord community or your Patreon emails for the time. And until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Kim. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.